Hey, 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 it's the Wildcat Roll Call, and we're back here for episode four. Yes, ma'am, episode four. This podcast is made possible by the New Hampshire student-run independent media outlet as a part of their podcast network. So thank you so much to TNH for having us here. Thank you, TNH. And on episode four, I'm so excited because we're at the table joined by Fiona Wilson. Fiona, introduce yourself to the pod. Great. Thanks, Joseph. It's great to be here. Thanks so much for having me. I'm honored. Um, So I'm Fiona Wilson, and I am currently the director of UNH's Sustainability Institute, and I also serve as the university's deputy chief sustainability officer. And last but not least, I'm also an affiliate faculty member of the Paul College of Business and Economics. Fiona's sick, guys. And today we're going to talk about sustainability here at UNH because it's really, it's 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 integral to our identity as a university. It's something that really sets us apart from other schools in, across the country. And I think it's important to sort of engage with how we do sustainability here and what it means. And there's so much in just how we do everyday things that we don't understand, like how sustainable they genuinely are. And so kind of digging into that and understanding like why UNH is as sustainable as as it is. And uh, in doing that, we're gonna learn a little bit more about you, Fiona. Um, And then also we're gonna learn about some opportunities that the Sustainability Institute has for programming for students to get more involved in sustainability and actually really take advantage of this life force in, the, in, this, in this growing economy and this new way of doing things that's just at our fingertips here at UNH and it's important that all students engage with these ideas. So let's just get right into it. Fiona, where are you from? You know, so where'd you grow up? How did that influence you? How did you get into higher education? And I know I started that with where are you from? <laughs> uh, but that being, said, that being said, just tell us about you. Tell us your story. Yeah, so you, I'm not a native New Hampshire person. <gasps> <can> tell <What>? that. <laughs> Um, yeah, so my accent, uh, if you hadn't figured it out, because it's a little confused at this point, but I grew up in England, um, just about an hour east of London, um, was lived there for the first, uh, I guess, like, you know, 24 years of my life, uh, had a couple of years living in Barcelona in Spain, um, which was very cool, and then came to the United States, um, in 1993, which is probably before any of you were born. <laughs> um, so I'm now a naturalized American citizen, you know, spent about 15 years living in Boston, and the last uh, 15 years or so I've lived, I lived just over the border in Maine. So what was the thought process behind academia? Like, what was your dream job as a child? How did you get your start? Um, what interested you? What did you study? Those mm, sorts of things. That's a great question. So, you know, truthfully, you know, when when I was in school, um, there was just really bad career advice. You know, they, I mean, our career library was like a little room that was like maybe eight feet by ten feet. And it had these little old-fashioned like wooden uh, drawers and, you know, A through Z. And each, each, you know, each one had a card for a different career. So like accountant, you know, whatever. <laughs> And I always say, like, I'm so glad I started, you know, at A and not at Z, because if I'd picked Z and I opened that Z drawer, I might have been a zoologist, but <laughs> and that would have been cool too. But, you know, I, I opened the A drawer and I ended up going into advertising. That was my first, my first career for about, you know, 10 or 12 years out of school. I worked in for a global advertising agency called Ogilvy & Mather, both in London and in Barcelona. Um, and then when I moved here... That's a little bit of a longer story, but I, you know, went onto the client side. So I was VP of marketing for a large technology company before I went back and got a PhD and decided to move into academia. 
But you know, honestly, there was no real intention. I didn't know anyone who worked in advertising. I think maybe like a friend's uncle did, but I didn't really even know him. And I just had really no clue what it was I wanted to do. I know I didn't want to do what my parents did. And so <laughs> just I sort of randomly found this job and applied for it. And lucky me, you know, I applied for this to this job at this, you know, fantastic, you know, one of the leading advertising agencies in the world. And they hired me. <laughs> But it was incre- incredibly serendipitous. I love that. That's it's so beautiful. fun. And so the now at UNH, your career and your mission is sort of around sustainability. And so how did you like realize along the way that this was something that you were passionate in and this is something that you thought was like the new direction? Yeah. Yeah. And I and I think that's a really good message that I really want to like share with people is that it, you know. I think it's really impossible as somebody who is 18 or 23 or even 30 or even 50, right, to sort of sit there and say, oh, I know what I want to be when I grow up. You know, there are for people who are smart and focused and driven, you know, there's so many opportunities. And it's it's really hard to sort of sit in a room and sort of know what being in a certain field is going to be like and feel like. So, you know, I loved the first 10, 12 years of my career, I worked in advertising and I loved so much about it, you know, I, it's, you know, it was fast paced, it was super creative, it was super innovative, super collaborative, worked with just some amazing people, you know, I got to work on the advertising for things like Guinness Beer and um, Reebok and uh, American Express and Ford motor vehicles and things like that. So it was, you know, a really cool, amazing opportunity as a young person to have that experience. But as I got into my sort of late 20s, early 30s, I started to start to have some questions about sort of the value of what I was doing in the world. Um, and I don't know if other people feel that way, but, you know. All the time. I, all the time, right? It's like, what, what's the positive impact we're having in the world? Like, yes, we need to earn money. Yes, we need to provide for our families. That, that's kind of a given, right? But just being successful in business terms, just making money, helping clients make money, that just wasn't enough for me. And I think, you know, in, in my sort of mid-late 20s, early 30s, I, I really struggled to understand the positive role that business can play in the world. And so that really prompted me, and well, I should say, you know, my, my last job in, in business before I went back to grad school was working for um, one of the big publicly traded internet companies that was sort of part of that big internet um, kind of boom um, before it bust, <laughs> um, you know, in the, in the late 1990s, early 2000s. And um, for me, that was kind of kind of the nail in the coffin in terms of, you know, I saw some things there that just really disgusted me, right, about, you know, people really being in it only to make money, not thinking about employees, not thinking about the impact on the environment, not thinking about impact on communities, and, and, you know, and around that same time, I, had, I was, you know, I didn't study environmental studies or anything to do with sustainability in school, but I was starting to read at that point about, you know, what we now refer to as the climate crisis, yeah. right? I was starting to read more about, you know, racial injustice and social inequities. Um, and so that really f- prompted me to want to go back and get a PhD and just to think, you know, just to think more deeply about, you know, can business be a force for good in the world? Is there a way to make money and kind of have a positive impact on the environment to treat people well? 
So that was really why I went back and got a PhD. And then obviously my, you know, well not obviously, but the, the, the last sort of, um, sort of 20 years or so has been, my career has been in, in higher ed, both here at UNH and at a, a, a school called Simmons College in Boston before that. That's beautiful. That's something I'm like very nervous about entering the workforce, about the net positive I'm going to have and whether it is worth it to be working to survive and whether the impact I could have could be greater. I thought it was really interesting you started talking about like some of the not quite as well-known aspects of sustainability, like racial um, equity and things like that. Do you think you'd be able to talk a little bit more about what falls under sustainability and what sustainability is like classified as? Because that's something that I know personally I was very confused with until Sustainability Day last year. Mm, yeah, thanks. That's a great question. So, you know, at UNH, you know, for the last 26 years, you know, we're, we're one of the universities that has the oldest established sustainability program in the country which is so cool and and really from the beginning thanks to our founding executive director Dr Tom Kelly you know we've always really conceived of sustainability as this kind of really broad umbrella and it, and it really follows you know some of the the work that was done by the United Nations and you know and other big bodies around the world that really established what do we mean by a sustainable world um, and so, you know, the, probably the easiest way to think about it is sort of, you know, I think about it as people, planet, and profit, or sort of, you know, environment, and equity, and economy. That's another way to think about it. Um, and today we really use the United Nations and the 17 Sustainable Development Goals, which if, you know, you, ha- you don't know what they are and you haven't looked them up, you know, definitely Google it and sort of, so it takes you into a wonderful world of information. But it really, it really sort of... Um, helps us understand that, you know, a sustainable world is one where we've got, you know, strong environmental ecosystems, but we also have, you know, really good um, well-being and dignity for all human beings, regardless of, you know, their background or where they come from. So it really is this idea of sort of ecological integrity in all places and sort of well-being and dignity for all people. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. One question I have, so I know a lot about the Sustainability Institute, and I love the Sustainability Institute, but a lot of, I feel, uh, some students at UNH don't know what the Sustainability Institute is, and they also don't know what, like, the value is of being in a program like this. So you had a career in advertising, and I'm wondering if you can articulate the value proposition of being involved with understanding, engaging with, and being a member in this like this uh, this charge, and, and joining the Sustainability Institute and understanding the value it has on our economy and and those types of aspects and, and the community aspect of it as well. Yeah, no pressure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the value proposition for students. Yes, yeah. exactly. So you're a student at UNH. Why? Why? What is the value of the Sustainability Institute, and why should you be involved in this? Yeah, I think that's great. Well, I think I think first of all we have to like zoom out, right, and really think about the context and like the moment that we're living in, you know, in human history. And that sounds a little grandiose, but, you know, I think we have to, right? And we're, we're an educational institution, so it's sort of kind of incumbent on us to, to be honest and tell the truth about where we are in the world. And I, I know it's super depressing, right? You know, it depresses me. I know it depresses all of you. But, yeah. you know, we, you know, we're at a moment in time where the urgency of some of these big issues has never been greater. 
you know, we just lived through a year that is literally the hottest on record ever. You know, we've smashed you know, ocean, you know, ocean temperatures. Ice is, the ice cap is melting at a faster level. We, we're losing species and biodiversity at a greater level. You know, we're at a moment in time also where, you know, there's never been more interest in, in joining unions. And, you know, why is that? It's because people are really feeling like they are not being paid enough to have a, a, you know, just to survive, let alone to thrive, right? They feel like they're being treated badly by their employers. They have bad working conditions, right? We've got, you know, racial injustice continuing. Um, we've got threats on our democracy. So we, we live in really complicated times. And um, when we think about, like, what is the role that universities can play? You know, I think we don't just have an opportunity. We have, like, a really big obligation. And we're a public university, right? So that is part of our founding DNA is the public good. And so if you think about what is the public, the best public good we can do as a university in this next decade, I think it's really about, you know, addressing some of these big sustainability challenges of our time. And I think we can do that in lots of different ways. You know, one of the ways we can do it is by working with students like you, Joseph, you know, and helping you, you know, we know that you deeply care about these issues, right? You know, you tell us that. We see it in the surveys we do of UNH students. You can see it in surveys of all Gen Z students around the country. You know, you care deeply about these issues. And I think the really awesome thing about your generation is you also want to be part of the solution, right? And so you want help. You want education and training and support and mentorship that allows you to be the change makers that you dream of being and so I think one of the value propositions is that we you know UNH really offers a really wonderful set of hands-on experiential learning in sustainability to help you build you know both the courage and the confidence but also the real tangible skills to be those kind of sustainability leaders of the future so that's one piece of it for sure. There's more, but I'll, I'll pause there in case you want to. I definitely believe that the leaders in sustainability in our future are going to come from UNH. I think the way it's intertwined in almost everything we do here is going to produce some of the greatest minds that we've seen. Hopefully. I'm also an optimist, so we'll see. I think also there's such a careful way that UNH does these things, and, and I think that's so valuable because – there, there's a lot of people who immediately hear what you said, flags up. They're like, this is a liberal mm-hmm. agenda, like that type of, and, and that's not UNH's push with this. And so there are ways for students to like get into that mindset here. And so I can think of some programs right off the bat. Um, we have the Be Impact Clinic, um, which is a program that I actually took a part, I was a part of, and it's an opportunity for students to help a real world client um, and help them on their B Corp assessment, which uh, B Corps are really cool. An example of a B Corp that you'd probably know is like Ben and Jerry's. And so you would have to be living up uh, under a rock in New Hampshire to not know what Ben and Jerry's is in New England. And so Ben and Jerry's, Patagonia, I think Danone, the parent company of it, which Danone is like a massive conglomerate. So uh, it's super interesting that they, they have the opportunity to be a B Corp. And so basically it's a way for people to measure their, their social and societal impact on a metric of different categories from workers to the community to suppliers to pretty much every aspect of the entire business. And I always like to 
to say it's like the organic label of a of a business because mm. you always see that you have like dolphin certified tuna and then you then you watch a documentary and you're like they're not dolphin certified and so but the thing is that um, the B Corp is a is a really in depth um, opportunity for students to see what these real change makers are doing in the business field. And so I can say from my perspective, I had the opportunity to consult with a company that had a portfolio of $11.6 billion of real estate, which is insane. I mean, you're telling me that 20 years old, I was offering advice to the head of legal to a company that has more money than I could ever think of in my entire life. Or that when I was uh, just turning 20, I was sitting down with the CEO of a marketing firm and I was telling her what she should do in terms of stuff. And I was looking at how she was doing things. And I was like, this individual really does things right. And she got her B Corp certification in like three weeks because they're like, there's not a second guess on what Mariah's doing here. She's doing it right. And they and she got her B Corp certification. But that's just one program. Mm. And and I and I always if anyone comes up to me and asks me about the B Impact Clinic or they ask me what the most empowerful, the most empowering thing I've done here at UNH, I always say the B Impact Clinic. So what are some of these other programs yeah. that are available at the sustainability? Yeah, Institute? yeah. Thanks for asking. So we've been really intentional over the last sort of four five years in, in like building out programs like the B Impact Clinic that are really, you know, they're all kind of predicated on like, you know, one philosophy, which is A, we want to get you out of the classroom. You know, the classroom's important, don't get me wrong, right? But we know that you want to get out of the classroom. We know that future employers want graduates with real world sort of skills. And so we want to get you out of the classroom. We want to get you out of the context you know. We want to get you out of your comfort zone um, because, you know, as you say, like you were sitting there talking to a CEO of a, you know, whatever, $11 billion company. That can be scary, but that's how we build confidence and competence to, you know, be in those situations in the future. And, like, you know, there's no better time to do that than when you're in college. Um, but we also want to build, you know, real tangible skills that can be on your resume and differentiate you in the, in, the, in the employment market and really help you get a job when you graduate. That's a job of your dreams, to your point earlier. Um, and so one of the other programs we launched just this year is called the Climate Action Clinic. And so the Climate Action Clinic is, I can't tell you how excited I am about it. You know, it's led by a couple of colleagues of mine, Jen Andrews and Ali Leach, they are, um, they are the, the, the amazing brains behind something called SIMAP. It's a piece of software that UNH developed and owns. It's a research-driven piece of software, and it allows organizations of any size to measure their greenhouse gas emissions, report those, and then start to think about how do we reduce our greenhouse gas emissions as an organization. So they've been developing that research you know, now for almost 20 years, but we're now using it for this program, teaching students how to do a, a uh, sometimes we call it carbon footprinting or a greenhouse gas em- emissions inventory um, and then matching them with a company or sometimes it's a municipality, a town or a city to do that baseline greenhouse gas uh, reporting and to develop a climate action plan for, for that organization. And there's so much value in learning that skill because, I mean, an example is New York City now put uh, – 
these regulations on every business that they have to report out their greenhouse emissions. And then if they don't hit certain targets set by the city, they have to buy carbon credits. And so that right there is a job field that you guys are satisfying. You're giving students the opportunity to learn these skills and then walk out of the school. And this is not going to be like an insignificant job market. It's like, this is the future. No, I mean, we're going to need, if you think, you know, know, then there is legislation, there's pending, pending rule changes with the Securities and Exchange Commission here in the United States, which is, you know, the body that regulates all publicly traded companies. There is legislation on the table that will require all publicly traded companies all over the country to report their greenhouse gas emissions. And so we're going to need as many people who know how to do that as we have certified public accountants, right? So think about that. And most companies still have no inside knowledge about how to do this. So it's a huge kind of competitive advantage, I think, for students from UNH that they can do this program. If you do the program, you also get a certificate in carbon accounting from UNH. um, And you get to put this experience on your resume. And I think it's going to position people really well, you know, and allow you to do some real good good at the same time, right? Exactly. And that's just one program. Yeah, that's just one <laughs> program. Yeah, we have we have the Summer Sustainability Fellowship Program. So both the Carbon Clinic and the Bee Impact Clinic, they're both um, four-credit programs. You, you get credit through the Paul College's Business and Practice Program, but students from any one of the colleges at UNH can participate in that. Um, they're two-credit experiences. We also have the Summer Sustainability Fellows Program, which is a paid 12-week summer experience. You work with, again, amazing companies, Nonprofits, municipalities across this region doing a really kind of weighty sustainability project. And we take students, sometimes we even take rising sophomores all the way through seniors, but we also have a graduate student track. And so uh, we had, uh, I think, 40 summer fellows last year. We'll have a, close to 50 this year. Applications open late December, early January. So if you're looking for a summer placement, apply soon. Um, and the thing that I'm, I think, one of the things I'm really excited about at the moment is we're going to be launching in January um, a new program called Semester for Impact. And um, some of you may have heard of Semester in the City. It's a program we started about seven years ago. It allows any UNH student to do one of their eight semesters in the undergraduate program, but to do a full semester of internship-based learning for academic credit towards your degree, but you do it down in the city of Boston. And it's working with sustainable companies, municipal entities, nonprofits on sort of social change and sustainability initiatives. We love that program. We love giving students the chance to go down to Boston for a semester. Um, but we also want to give students the chance to do that same kind of thing here in New Hampshire. So semester for impact, you'll be able to stay living on campus, stay doing all the things you do, but you'll do a full semester of internship-based learning with a New Hampshire organization. Those are so cool. And those are some of our semester long opportunities. But I mean, there's also ways to get involved with the Sustainability Institute with the with the commitment that's equally as impactful, but not necessarily as time consuming. And so you sort of talk a little bit about the certification, uh, the certifications and the fellowship during the summer. But there's also many other pockets of community that the Sustainability Institute yeah. uh, tries to create for students. And so I didn't know if you want to talk a little bit about like the other programming you offer. Yeah, definitely. So we have every semester semester we have about 25 interns who are maybe working with us kind of you know five to ten hours a week Um, and that's really cool because you know as interns in the sustainability institute or in we also have interns who are sort of co-mentored by us but they're you know maybe they're working in UNH dining or they're working in community equity and diversity they're working on sustainability projects Um, it's a way to really kind of learn and work sort of 
really work next to sustainability professionals and sort of learn and, and to contribute to UNH's ongoing kind of excellence and sustainability. You know, you're, you're working with us on students helped us design and launch the Cat Tracks, which is the, you know, the, the, the bike share program. They work with us on Trash to Treasure. They work with us on UNH's uh, nicotine and smoke-free work. They work with us on projects around, you know, equity and diversity. So it's a really cool opportunity to work alongside professionals for like five to ten hours a week. Um, we also have things like the sustainability advocates. So they are, you know, they're students who live in the residences and are kind of uh, helping to organize sustainability programming and events for students who live in that in that in that dorm. That's super cool. And one thing I sort of wanted to get at, and I got at it uh, in our introduction, then I realized that I got so into the conversation that I completely glazed over it. But I don't think people realize, so we we obviously have this programming, but like really how important sustainability is to UNH as a university. And so I, so I don't know if you could, if you wouldn't mind like sort of just explaining like the things we do here at UNH that make us so sustainable. There's a reason why we have these uh, certifications, not UNH randomly paying someone to say that we're sustainable. It's we do these things. And so just kind of like telling the student body, like what are, what are examples of these things that make UNH such a sustainable place? Yeah. Yeah. So like we're, you know, I think we're, we're only one of 11 in the country to have a platinum rating in something called STARS, which is the Sustainability Tracking Rating and Assessment System. We helped create STARS back in 2008, and um, we were the only, only the third university in the country to get that platinum, which is the highest level. And that's really cool, right? And even within that group of 11, I think we're like, we have the sixth, sixth highest rating. But, and that's really cool, but as you say, like why, like why and how, right? Mm-hmm. And so we need a whole other hour, Joseph, to talk about That's like true. all so of the sorry. examples. <laughs> but um, you know, we had this really cool online learning um, module. It's it's a series of ten really short videos. Like the, the videos are like two two to three minutes each. They're each followed by a set of multiple choice questions, and each one is about a different area. Like how are we sustainable in dining? How are we sustainable in our transportation systems? How are we sustainable um, in our energy uh, you know, use? So I really encourage you know students. I don't know if we can drop that drop that link in somewhere, but really encourage students to take that. It's pretty. It's a pretty cool. It takes about forty five minutes. It's super cool. Um, but you know some of the things that we're really proud of are things like our eco line. Um, so you know the eco line is a is a really innovative public private partnership. It's a it's a partnership that UNH developed with a big company called Waste Management. They're one of the largest waste companies in the world. Um, we work with them. We capture the methane gas at the Rochester turn, uh, the Turnkey uh, Landfill in Rochester. Um, for those of you that don't know, methane is, is a very potent greenhouse gas, more potent than carbon dioxide. And landfills, one of the you know landfills. There's all kinds of bad things about landfills, but one of them is as you know the matter in landfills decompose, they release a lot of methane gas. And so we ca- we capture that it comes to UNH, you know, through a pipeline called the Eco Line, um, and then that goes into our cogeneration plant. That's you know the big smokestack you see on campus. Um, that that actually is the old coal-fired power plant, right? That was built in like eighteen ninety whatever. Um, it, it was retrofitted as part of this project, and it is now a huge, you know, hugely sophisticated high-tech cogeneration plant which creates, you know, renewable energy from that methane gas that, that comes. So, we're, you know, we're avoiding having the methane released into the atmosphere. 
we're bringing it to campus, we're turning it into renewable energy. So, you know, it's one of the ways that UNH is, is super sustainable. But there's so many more. So, you know, really encourage people to check it out. I also want to just say, like, you know, we're also not perfect, right? Um, and it's a constant journey and evolution. It's nice to talk about our pride points, but I think it's really important. You know, there are some things that, you know, in my role are really important to me that we start to address over the next five to ten years. You know, one of them is waste, right? A number of universities have set a goal to be zero waste. None of the University of California system set that goal and they had to pull the goal back because they couldn't figure out how to get there. It's one of those really gnarly, complicated problems, you know, but I'm sure like me, you walk around campus and you see all kinds of waste that shouldn't be in certain places, you know, recycling that's in the trash and trash that's in the recycling. And, you know, it's something that we would really love to work on. Um, you know, we, we don't have a lot of EV electric vehicle charging on campus. That's something we would love and we are working on. Um, our fleet of buses, you know, when we, when that bus fleet was built, bought it was at the time the best most sustainable option those buses you know work on compressed natural gas today that's not the most sustainable option right we obviously are in a process where we'd love to transition that bus fleet to electric vehicles i've seen that process started i rode yeah on the, the process electric is presses. exactly the process is started we got to, we were able to apply for a grant we've started that transition to get you know our, our bus fleet to be electric so you know, there's a lot we still have to work on and that's kind of the cool thing i think one of the, the value propositions joseph is that at UNH, all of that work is not separate from the curriculum, right? It's part of the curriculum, and if students want to, they can get involved in sort of helping move these initiatives forward, learning more about them, have it be part of their degree at UNH. It's really refreshing to know that UNH is committed to doing this, and they're committed to addressing shortcomings because they know that this is the future. And I'm really happy that you're in charge of, <laughs> of, of doing these things, and, and you understand the value, and you want to make sure that students have the opportunity to be involved in that research because these are such important skills that will take us so far. And so I wanted to thank you for coming on the podcast. I wanted to thank you for everything you do. And um, I mean, yeah. Do, do you have anything else you want to say to the podcast? You know, I I have a, a you know I work with an amazing group of people, right? It's not just me. It's you know my boss, and it's all of the amazing people who work at the Sustainability Institute. And I guess my big message is, you know, if you if this has intrigued you, you know, we'd love you to get involved. So you know, you can reach out. Um, there's, there's opportunities to also serve on some of our sustainability task forces and committees that help make all this work possible. I mean, this, is, this, is, this work happens because of literally hundreds of faculty and staff and students, right? It's not just us. It's, you know, our, it's our colleagues in dining, our colleagues in transportation, our colleagues in energy, our, colleges, our colleagues in the faculty senate. You know, we're, we're just sort of the orchestrators and the kind of the... Uh, you know, people that sort of help encourage us towards this kind of sustainable path. But we love to have students involved. Uh, we love to have you bring ideas to us. We love to have you bring problems to us. You know, if you have something that you see and you have an idea, we'd love to have you come and work with us and try and build something better. Awesome. Beautiful. Thank you so much. And that's, that's the end of the Wildcat Roll Call. Well, that a wrap. Thank you so much for joining us today, and thank you to TNH and Max. Thank you, Max. Thank you, Max.